got a pocket full of condoms, out of the systems. Yeah. Got drugs on the island, I'm counting in the kitchen. Feel like I see better when I really can see, shawty. Hungrier than ever, but I still can't eat. Little bitches pull me up. Drugs on my rider, I smoke too much. Can't go much higher. Guess that pants drunk, gas on fire. Over, over again, so turn me up. I can't go quiet, notorious. I'm big with the vibe, can't open up, but I can't go higher. Over, over again, yeah. Sleep well, let me get my rest. You know I never can. Replaying all in my head. Over, over again, but details I'd rather spare. You know I got no room left in my big, my big old head. Welcome back. Welcome back to the What the Hill podcast. I am your host, Drew Hill. It is episode 17. It is uh, the 18th of July, which makes it uh, Monday. I'm late. Apologies. My sincerest apologies to my uh, extraordinarily massive fan base of uh, maybe 10 people. Ah, what's it matter? Let's dive right in. Dive right in. Uh, I hope everyone had a great weekend. It's not uh, probably the first time we haven't, at least if for military, first time we haven't had, had a three-day in, in a while. So it was rough going back to those normal two days. But I want to start with saying thank you to everybody who has put up with the ad that I decided to drop into my podcast. Off of your valued time listening to that baloney advertisement, I don't even know. I think I'm advertising for Anchor. I think. Shows how much I know. I have now made 10 cents. So, for every 1,000 plays, I earn $10.50. And I thought I didn't get paid out at all until I hit 1,000 plays. And we've already hit 10 cents. So, safe to say I can tell Avery and Olivia that uh, I am funding their college through this podcast. It might take some time. But, uh, you know, with interest and inflation, you never know. We would take this to the moon. Elon Musk style. That said, let's dive, uh, let's dive right in. The most disgusting thing ever was said to me just uh, about two days ago. As I was trying to think, what was, what was I eating? I think yogurt. And I was putting some of the honey oats in there. You know, the clusters. The clusters were the best part of that cereal. The honey, honey oats and clusters. Is that what it was? Well, now they just have the clusters. Thank goodness, right? Fuck the oats. And I was pouring some of that into my yogurt, Greek style, right? Got to rep- represent for the Europeans. And I, I was talking to Sophia about something, and she said, uh, I think it was about like when she thought the baby was going to be due. Like, I know it's sitting low, but we got a little bit of time. Did the doctor say anything? That type of convo. And she said to me, and I quote, well, I still have my mucus plug. And that right there made me just want to puke. Those words, mucus and plug, together, should be a criminal offense. Why in the fuck did we name something a a mucus plug? First off, the word mucus alone is disgusting. You can't ever say mucus to somebody else, especially while they're eating. I mean, am I out of my mind here? 
She said it to me while I'm about to take a bite of yogurt, dairy, right? And talks about her mucus plug. Oh, well, I still have it. And I said, well, fucking congratulations. That's amazing. Now, the second word in that, plug. There are only a few acceptable times that plug can be used appropriately without it without it meaning something else, right? I don't know. I think of plug and I'm just like, when you unplug something, if the mucus is behind that, that's disgusting. I don't even, oh, I'm just, I'm, my stomach is churning, just rehashing it. And I looked at her with the most, ah, I mean, it was just a look of disgust, pure disgust. And I said, do you not realize I'm eating right now? The fact that you just had the cojones to tell me while I'm taking a bite of my delicious strawberry Greek yogurt with my oats, or fuck the oats, just the clusters, and talk to me about a mucus plug. I don't care whether you have your mucus plug or not. That doesn't affect my day in the least. I could give a damn. But what I do care about is enjoying this yogurt to start my day. That is of the utmost importance. And I... Eventually, I said, what's a mucus plug even matter? Plug, no plug. You got the baby still. I guess that has to do with the fluid. And then they act like the fluid is uh, so important. It's just the baby's piss. That's what I figured out. If the baby's pissing in there, then the fluid can vary. So, essentially, when the baby's running out of room to urinate, and that's how they, that's how they know there's not enough fluid in the uterus. So, that's disgusting, right, guys? The baby's just, your baby's just pissing on itself, and then it comes out of the womb, and they just do, a, like, a quick wipe down, like, oh, here you go, hold it. This is your problem now. Like, this thing's been shitting and pissing on itself for nine months, and now I'm responsible for it? At least give it a good wipe. I'm not in that much of a rush. I waited nine months. I can wait about nine more minutes. You can wipe it down, give it a shower, give it a bath, whatever you need to do. I didn't know it was pissing on itself in there. I thought there was, you know, I guess I don't know what I thought. I thought there was just like a, a catheter, basically, that ran from the from the baby somewhere else. I guess, I don't know. Is that why women... That wouldn't make sense, right? I'm thinking, like, maybe that's why women have to pee so much when they're pregnant, but that's coming out of their bladder. Their bladder's not mixing with the, with the baby's bladder, right? How cool would that be if they just, like, intertwined? So you're just pissing for two. Yeah, but I I learned something. I went to the doctor's appointment, um, I guess like a week and a half ago, and now she's got another one. Cause I, apparently, pregnant women, you got to go to the doctor like every two weeks. Every two weeks. Oh, we're getting close. We got to go to the doctor. We got to see what the doctor says. I'm like, what does your body tell you? Right? What is your body telling you? Uh, if if you're seeing a bunch of, I won't even get into it. Never mind. I won't get into it. But you would see some alarming signs if things were not going well. And you would feel some alarming signs if, it, if things were uh, questionable. If things are going smooth, it's going to feel like it, you know pregnancy sucks, but it's going all right. What do you need a doctor to confirm for you? Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, baby should still be here by that due date. Everything looks good. That's what they say 95% of the time. And the 5% of the time that they say otherwise, you probably set up that appointment yourself. Now, luckily, I have TRICARE. So, not necessarily paying for the doctor's appointments, but at the same time, if I was paying for these doctor's appointments, I would tell her to, to man the fuck up. 
<laughs> That's honestly what I would say. I would say uh, when that mucus plug of yours starts to drain, I don't want to deal with that, so then I'll pay a doctor. <laughs> so, ladies, if you ever reference your mucus plug or anything of the sort to a man, just know he doesn't care. And if you ever do it while he's eating, that's that's grounds for breaking up. It is. It's just unacceptable. I I can't even think of anything that comes close to that. Why don't you tell me about when you had diarrhea while you're at it? I mean, I just lost my entire appetite. Especially when you... You guys know the smell of yogurt, right? It kind of... Especially Greek yogurt. It already smells a little bit sour. And now you're talking about... Mucas. Oh, God. It still just grinds my gears. But anyway, we'll talk about the DRC. So I've been working out. I've been staying uh, fairly consistent in the gym. Yesterday was a good day. I got in uh, 20 miles on the bike. I swam 800 meters in 20 minutes. Uh, it was the first time I swam 800 meters without stopping. So I found a new technique where I swim down. I either do like a breaststroke or just the, uh, what do you call it, just a normal stroke. A freestyle. That's what it, I think freestyle. Anyway, the one where you put your right arm out in front and then your left arm and then your right and then you awkwardly like twist your head out of the water like a fish so you can breathe. <gasps> I did that. And then when I when I hit the other end, I touched the wall, but I, I can't touch the ground is my rule. And then I basically backstroke um, another 25 meters to the other end of the pool to give myself somewhat of a breather because I'm not in uh, not in freestyle shape for a full 800. But I went for 20 minutes without stopping, and I was proud of myself, so I will pat myself on the back. And then I went on the bike. I biked 20 miles, uh, and then I ran two and a half. I did some intervals, and then I went and lifted and lifted uh, my my back, I guess back muscles. I didn't just like lift my back up. So it was a good day. I've been consistent in the gym. But again, had some issues. Okay. I went to change. Well, vice versa, actually. I was able to change in peace. No, I wasn't. No, sorry. I'm having a brain fart. I was getting ready to change out of my swimsuit and into my shorts so I could go to the bike. And it was quiet as a fucking mouse in the locker room and then all of a sudden I hear the door open and a bunch of chitter chatter and about 8 10 12 year old boys walk in and I'm like are you fucking kidding me are you kidding me it can't just be like 8 to 10 6 year old guys can I just not mesh the two between the the Y and the DRC give me the old guys back because of course they rounded the corner they're like oh he's about to change what do we do and there's about eight different bays that I could put my stuff in. I just happened to choose the bay that all of them had their shit in. All of them. So they awkwardly like walked over. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. I just dropped my shorts. Dropped my shorts and changed. And then <laughs> I think they got the point. They're like, oh, shit. Is he going to do it? Hell, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's just like I feel weird because I know I'm going to make them uncomfortable. But I don't give a shit. And then, but I, do, but I do care because I don't want to make other people feel comfortable because then they're going to tell their dad or their mom and it's this new world and then they're going to confront me. Like, are you the guy who was dropping his shorts in the locker room where you're supposed to drop your shorts and change in front of my kid? I'm like, well, you kid shouldn't have been fucking looking. 
And then, of course, when I went to go grab my stuff, then they're changing again. I went to go grab my stuff at the end of the day, and there's kids in there trying to change. They came in from the swimming pool, and he grabbed his stuff. And, I, and this time, last week, I uh, I tried to hurry and get out of there. This time, I, I took my sweet fucking time. Took my time. And I made the kid basically grab his stuff, and he went to another bay to have some privacy to change. And you could tell he was debating it. He stood there for, like, two minutes, and he was like, ah, oh, man. And he, like, he started, and then he stopped, and then he grabbed his towel, and then he came back, and then I was like, I know what he's doing. So then I just took my sweet time to really just drag it out. So I'm going to keep that. I think I can keep that going. We've been consistent. You know, how awkward can I make little boys at the gym? Like the Michael Jackson of 2022. Without the touching, okay? I want to clarify that. Without the touching. it's <laughs> Bring me the old men. Where it's just like, you know what? Just They were so bad about it, though, at the Y. They were literally just. The thing is, if you're going to change, just change. Change, do your thing, you know, bada bing, bada boom. They would purposely, in my opinion, walk around naked with nothing to flaunt. They would just walk around. They'd have full-on conversations just sitting down. I'm like, dude, your shorts are right there. Just put your shorts on. You got your tube socks up to your knees already, but you don't have any, sh- you don't have any underwear on? Put on your box of briefs. My goodness. But I think maybe because they're old, they forget. They're like, ah, I don't have a diaper to put on. And then I saw an older lady on the track, and guess what she had in her ears? The ears where she can't hear shit because she's that old. She had AirPods. The old bitch had the young, the young uh, AirPods. And she just, she looked snarky. I'm like, you would fit in with this new generation. You're better than everybody else. I don't know why it made me upset. I think it's because I still use... I still use headphones. I do have the Bluetooth ones, but I'm super cheap. I'll go like 20 bucks. But they don't get that loud, and I blast my music. I know it's bad for my ears. I don't care. I'll deal with it later, right? By the time I'm old, you know, there's like my th- my thought is we can correct people's eyeballs to 2020 vision, which is insane, right? That's absolutely insane that we can do that with some laser technology, and it's what five grand. It's really not that expensive when you think about the technology behind it and the procedure. And so by the time I'm old, I'm banking on a company to come up with a procedure to fix people's hearing. There's got to be a way to do it, right? Just, you know, go give you a new eardrum. I don't know how that process would work, but I would think. Am I on to something here? Let me know right into the podcast. Look at that plug. And that's how you use the word plug, okay? Not mucus plug. Anyway. There she is walking on the track for like an hour with her AirPods. And uh, I bet she doesn't even know how to use them. I hope. I hope she loses them. No, nobody mo- loses anything more than they do their AirPods. Which is which is crazy to me because people keep buying them. Apple is genius. They said, let's, let's make these headphones that don't attach to each other. So if you lose one, you have to buy a whole new one. And we'll charge like 75% of the cost for a pair. So then people are might as well just buy a new pair. They bank on you to lose these things that are about the size of a quarter. 
they're that small. I mean, they fall. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've never used them, but they fall out fairly easily, right? They fall into your gym bag, they're or people put them in their pocket and then they go through the laundry. Do they withstand the washer and dryer? I don't know, because I don't have them. I have the regular old school. You plug it into your phone. There's a cord. I put the cord on the inside of my shirt and I run it up like everybody else, and I put those into my ears. I never lose them. I do put them through the wash. Usually, they're strong as shit. They come out even better than before and cleaner. And I think it's the fact that like two or three times during my workout, I have to unplug it from my phone because the cord gets tangled. It takes like five seconds. It's a five-second fix for me not having to spend 150 bucks on AirPods. I don't know what they cost. I'm never going to buy AirPods. Anyway. Oh, and then the last thing from the DRC. There was a uh, there was a pickup basketball game going on with some some young bloods, some kids probably going into middle, probably going into high school. They looked like middle schoolers, and there was a kid in a wheelchair, and they let him come out, and he was wheeling around, um, just rolling up and down the court, and they finally they passed him the ball, and they gave him a shot, and it was it was an air ball for days, and another kid came over and caught it in the in midair, and uh, laid it up and in. So essentially, he scored, but they they all cheered like the kid in the wheelchair scored. Um, So everybody gets a a trophy. I'd just be an ass. It was actually a pretty cool moment to see that from kids, especially the AirPod generation. And even the the kid in the wheelchair was going nuts, right? He was celebrating his his make. And the whole time, I'm just thinking, like, you know, how cool would it have been if he would have dribbled between his legs? How sweet would that have been? He gets the ball, little onesie-twosie. Right between the legs and goes up and scores. Dribbles behind his back around the wheelchair. If you didn't pick up on the joke there, it was sarcasm, okay? It was satire. He can't dribble between his legs. He did have legs. Could he dribble between them? Yeah, as long as he's not wheeling around, it's not a travel, right? He's got to maintain his pivot foot or pivot wheel. Kid, I think the kid's going to be a stud, okay? Put a little bit more upper, upper body muscle on him. He's going to start getting that the the ball to the hoop. He's going to be the Steph Curry of, what do they call it, wheelchair basketball? I know people t- play basketball when, when they're in wheelchairs. I'm interested to see what the rules are. But I'm highlighting, of course, I'm highlighting a, a nice moment that I saw and prepping in some satire to uh, to bring it back down to reality. Okay, That was the only time they passed to him in about 20 minutes. So they gave him his one, they gave him his one bucket and then said, all right, Get out of the way. <laughs> he had fun, though. You could tell he was having fun. I get to sit there on the bike as I'm biking all these miles and just and people watch. And it's, I don't know, I'm a people watcher. The bike is my nest, and I just sit there and uh, just pick on people. It's great. Random topic of the day. Or random thought of the day. See, I can't even get my own uh, my own theme right on the podcast. Random theme of the day or thought. See? Fucked it up again. Two for two. Why did Target choose an ugly ass dog for their mascot? You guys know who I'm who I'm thinking of. That white dog. Of course they went with a white dog, right? Of course it had to be a white dog. And now you don't see that dog around anymore. Huh? That dog's not in its commercials anymore. It's too racist. Target dog breed. The white bull terrier. 
What an ugly fucking dog. I don't think there's a dog that pisses me off than this one. It pisses me off the most. And I'm a dog lover. But I see this dog and I'm just like, yo, what type of incest happened here? It's got that long head with those beady eyes. It's got like Asian eyes on a on a long dinosaur T-Rex looking head. And it's all white. Like it has some supremacy. What t- what breed of dog is Bullseye the target dog? Oh, is that what they call him, Bullseye? Did they choose that? Did they put a bullseye on his eye? Because I was going to say that's where they plan to put him down because he's so ugly of a dog. Is that mean? Is that mean of me to say, I don't, they're not going to put the dog down. How many, oh, hey, here we go. I was going to ask this exact question. There are actually six bullseye dogs and two in training as part of their team. Do you know what breed of dog the target dog is? Why would you end a sentence like this? You can't end a sentence with is, question mark. Bullseye's breed is known as the one and only white English bull terrier. Oh, and the fact that it's English. That's a perfect That's a perfect dog for Target because you walk in and you just you feel fucking fancy shopping at Target. You go to Walmart, you feel like trash. You go to Target, you know what? You're like you feel a little bit more English like your ancestors, like drinking tea. That's why they got Starbucks right there for you. Get your tea, your coffee. Ah, oh, you pansies. You're so pampered these days. Even the dog of the the mascot of where you like to shop. It's just oh god, what a what a POS dog. Unique and charismatic. it the dog is charismatic. How that's what it says here. English bull terriers. Unique. Unique because they're one of a kind ugly. And charismatic. I I'm gonna have to read on this one. I don't know how they're charismatic. Full of intelligence and rowdy energy. They better be smart because, holy shit, they're not cute. Like a fat girl, right? Too far? Fuck it. Uh, English Bull Terriers are one of medium-sized stature with a muscular build. Yeah. It's like what I see at the gym. They can weigh anywhere from 35 to 75 pounds. It is their charismatic characteristic appearance that makes them so unique. That's a nice way to just say that fucking weird looking. Their head is shaped somewhat like an egg. S- uh, yeah, somewhat. Somewhat like an egg. What kind of description is that? Yeah, it's kind of round, but you know, s- somewhat. While they have large ears and small eyes that are triangular shaped. Yeah, they got those Asian eyes. I don't know how they pulled that from England. Their smooth, short coat is easy to care for. However, they do usually shed excessively. Yeah, they look like a lot to handle. Personality. Let's let's read up on Target's dog's personality. English Bull Terriers love to jump up. Ah, oh, fuck. Those are the worst dogs. If they're not barking, they're fucking jumping on you. The only dog worse than this one and I hope I offend a lot of you, is a chihuahua. Fuck chihuahuas. They're the most annoying little squirts. I just want to step on them like a little bug. They're nipping at your feet. And then the moment you, like, bend down to pick them up, they want to... 
They want nothing to do with you. They don't want to lay in your bed. They don't want to cozy up next to you. They're just, they're a one owner type little fucking rat. And I saw it firsthand with Sophia's, uh, what was her name? I already forgot it because I didn't like her that much. I hated that dog. It tried to bite me. I broke its leg on accident. I think I've told that story on the podcast. I'll tell it another time. But I don't like Chihuahua. I've never met a Chihuahua that was like, oh, fuck, okay, this maybe, maybe this one's changing my mind. This one just wants to cozy up, lay on my lap, you know, like a... They could be the cutest dog because they're just they're so small, like a like a newborn puppy. Oh, and they could just nosy up to you, lay right next to you on your pillow, not take the, up that much space, right? You know how the big dogs they sprawl out, and your legs are like halfway off the bed because that's they they gotta lay there. You try to move them, they're just Ugh. but a Chihuahua could be the perfect little dog, but they fuck it up. Their bullshit personality. Anyway, um, so apparently this bull English, classy ass bull terrier, jumps up on, on people. They have a tendency to enjoy playing rough. Even though they are sweet tempered, there's an oxymoron. They can be quite determined in getting what they want, meaning they don't fucking listen. Their energetic personality fits best with families that enjoy spending a lot of time playing and exercising with them. Uh, So not the American family, because we don't like to exercise in this country. Ideally, your English Bull Terrier thrives on taking brisk walks, meaning it's going to pull on the leash and piss you off. Energetic games of fetch. Jeez, I get it. They're fucking energetic. How many times have they said that? On lots of play sessions with plenty of give and take involved. What is that? What is give and take when you're playing? It sounds like tug of war, like you got to let them win. A lot of companionship with the entire family is a must for your English bull terrier. If you don't have time for him or her or or it and they got and they get ignored, they will likely become mischievous. Digging up your yard or chewing up your furniture may become their new favorite pastime. This sounds like the worst dog ever. This literally sounds like the worst type of dog to own. It's going to tear up your shit. You got to exercise with it constantly, right? It's going to jump up on all your on all your visitors. I mean, what brisk walks so it's pulling on the leash. Give and take, I got to let you win to boost your ego. I mean, why would you? Target, come on. Why don't you just choose a golden retriever? Everybody loves those. Nice lab mix. When it comes to meeting strangers, oh, I called it, didn't I? I called it just from how they how they describe the other line. I'll read it to you. When it comes to meeting strangers, most English bull terriers greet your guests by knocking them over and licking them silly as they are happy to meet other people. I would rather have my dog happy to meet strangers, but at the same time, if that's how they're meeting strangers, how much of a guard dog are they? And they're knocking them over. That's a nice intro, because everybody loves to be knocked over when they enter someone else's house. Not knowing if that dog's knocking you over, attacking you, or knocking you over to lick your face. But then they're right up next to your face, you're like, please don't bite me, please don't bite me. Bull Terriers can be described as loving, social, fearless, and playful. Uh, And add handful to that list. 
As bull terriers tend to be very independent in nature, they're not very easily trainable. Oh my god. Just make this dog worse, why don't you? They are very strong-willed, always want to be the boss, and will challenge you for that, uh, that position. Because that's what every man wants in the house, a challenger. A challenger to his or her authority. To be successful at training them, you must be very consistent and say what you mean and mean what you say. Oh, that's great advice. It's like training kids. That is from the Extreme Dog Fence website. And that was written by, pa thanks Pam, that hell of an article. She wrote that on September 8th, 2021. Again, in no way does it ex describe how they're charismatic. I read that whole thing looking for how, how they were going to be charismatic. But that's the random thought of the day. Target, you picked a shitty dog. I don't know how you got away with it. You painted a target over its eye. Why did you do that? Just You could have painted a target over anywhere on its body. Its nose, its ear, its asshole. And you chose its eye. Someone's going to take that the wrong way. I still think that's where they're like, oh, man. Dog tore up the furniture again. Well, there's the target. Click, click. And on that note, I did see a billboard for a gun show here in Wichita. And on on the billboard, they had a uh, they had an old style musket. That was what they're advertising. Gun show at the end of July, July 31st here in Wichita. And the picture that they chose was an old musket. And I'm like, I guarantee you. There are going to be few and far between in muskets at this gun show. Why don't you, why don't you advertise that shiny new AR-15 that's been going around? Why don't you put that one up on the billboard? Right? It's always fun. People want to pick and choose. We want our guns, and we're going to have our gun show. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, okay? I'm not really pro or against, okay? Just don't shoot me and my family. I won't shoot yours, right? If you want to own a gun, be responsible with it. But the fact that you're going to advertise a gun show and then put a gun up there from the from literally like the 1860s. At least that's what it looked like to me. This isn't like a historic gun show. Where they're not going to have rifles. I want a gun show with snipers. I want like a s legit. Like, a, like the snipers that I can use in, in Call of Duty. That would be a gun show. Or like the mini Uzi. That would be a real gun show. Not the nobody's gonna go and see a musket. It takes five minutes to reload. Dude, think about the Revolutionary War when they all just stood off in front of each other. They they had those massive standoffs, and you're on the front lines, and you know, like, dude, I could have the most perfect shot. I could, if we get to go first, right? Did they flip a coin for that? How do they know who's gonna go first? Just the utmost respect for the other, for your enemy to say, you know what? We'll let you guys take the first shot. Talk about sportsmanship. And then even if even if you have like just a fucking trained eye and you just pop and you shoot somebody right between the, the eyeballs, right here in the forehead. Right? You give them a little unibrow. Knock them out, one shot. The fact that you know that there's an entire army on the other side and you're in the front lines. That's that's your that's your uh, your prize. Hey, nice shot. You're gonna die here in the next thirty seconds. You're gonna. I mean, it's not even a fair fight, right? 
And that's what people were signing up for back in the day. And now we have all this technology. It's great. It's great. I can. We got snipers that will shoot from thousand meters away. You never even know where they were at. But back in the day, you had to stand there on the front lines, take that shot, kill the guy standing in front of you, and knowing that someone else right next to him would be like, "You ain't get payback." You're just hoping they miss. You're hoping they miss. It goes. Maybe it takes like just a tad bit of your ear, right? You don't need it anyway because you didn't have AirPods back then, and it hits the guy right behind you. Oh, how great would that be? Sorry, Bob. Guess the guy missed. Wasn't your day. I mean, how did they know who was going to be in the front lines? It's crazy, though, because when you watch the movies, they put all the best, like, the main characters are in the front lines, right? And you're like, oh, one of these guys is going to die. One of the main characters has to die. How fucking lucky would you feel, though, if you were marching up to fight the good fight and they said, hey, back of the line. Oh, shit. Okay. Really? I don't get to stay up front? I really, really wanted to go all the way to the back. <laughs> the only thing that's going to get you back there is like a cannonball just rocketing through the whole the whole uh, line in front of you like dominoes. But, yeah, so if anyone wants to go to a gun show with old muskets, pellet guns they got one here in wichita then they're gonna then when the show ends they'll break out those shiny new ar-15s been going been uh trending on the news what are we at for time i always do this i'm way farther along than i thought ah fuck 33 minutes i have so much to talk about too i thought i was gonna blitzkrieg through this one nope never um, we did go see, I, I've seen it twice now, Top Gun Maverick, we went and saw that, um, Sophia hadn't seen it, so we had a, we had a babysitter come over and watch Olivia, and we went and saw it, and it was, it was great the second time too, it'll probably be great the third time, fourth time, fifth time I see it, it was her first time seeing it, she loved it, um, the craziest thing about it was, there's only like one theater right now in Wichita showing it still, which is surprising. But this theater was packed, and I didn't think I didn't think anything of it when we went to the movies. We went on a, I guess we went Saturday, Saturday night, and I was like, it'll be like half full. I don't know if there was a seat, maybe like five or ten seats open, and that includes the front row. And we got there about five minutes before the advertisements start. And let me just say. Do you guys remember the days when the movie started, when the movie said it was going to start? Is it that difficult? Start your fucking previews and your advertisements beforehand. I don't know how much money they're getting paid to do that, but now it's like 25 minutes of these previews that I can, I don't care to see them. Because I can get, I can access all that stuff on my phone. Anyway. The movie was supposed to start at 6.55. I think it finally started at like 7.25. And it was just driving me crazy. Because if you got a babysitter, that's another 30 minutes worth that you got to pay. <laughs> that's not what I was thinking about in there. But um, we had assigned seats. That's what I think that's what it like me. Because back in the day, if you wanted a good seat, guess what? You had to earn it. You had to earn it. You had to know when the movie was. You had to show up a little bit early anticipate the line for getting your tickets, anticipate the line for getting your popcorn and your soda, and go 
someone had to go reserve the seats for you in the theater, right? If you want to sit middle, middle. If you want to sit, uh, if you want shit in the top shelf, I'm trying to say sit. What you didn't want is you don't want to be in those first five rows because then you just until you end up getting a, a neck surgery. The movie's not enjoyable. And it's crazy how, how your body just adjusts like five minutes in. You're like, yeah, I guess this isn't too bad. But we had assigned seats, and it was fairly like middle-middle. She bought the tickets online earlier in the day. And, of course, when we showed up early, before the previews even started, there's four people sitting there. The row was completely packed. She's going on nine months pregnant, so I'm like, you know what, fuck it, we're not going to do this this dick dance down the entire row to tell people to get up and move. There's some open seats right here. They're not that bad. We'll just sit down. Once you have it, 30 seconds goes by. People around the corner start coming up the stairs, and they're like, hey, those are our seats. I said, okay, those are our seats up there. Um, and she instantly was just like, eh, don't worry about it. We'll just sit here. So now they're sitting right in front of us, one row down. So she was cool. Her and her, uh, I think, grandson. Surprise is going to want to be a pilot now, one day. And someone's going to have to tell me, you just, you can't do it. You're not good enough. And so, from there, another couple, a group of four walks up, and they look at the lady who's now sitting in front of us, and they said, hey, those are our seats. And she goes, well, those are our seats. And I said, well, those are our seats. Playing the domino effect. And so we had to get up. We moved into our official row now, um, and there was maybe three or four seats available there. So now we just move up a row, and Sophia was fine with it. Same time, I'm just like, are you you're certain before I go down there that those are our seats? I made her check like three times, and she's like, 100%, those are our seats down there. And so now everyone does this dick dance. Once you have it, Another couple turns the corner, they walk up, and they're like, hey, we have 11 and 12. And one of us was sitting in, in like 11. So Sophia moves from my left to my right to an open seat. They sit down right next to us. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Those are our seats down there. There's a, I can't tell. It, the whole row was full, so I thought maybe it was a family of like eight. Because there's some, some older people, like grandparents. There's some younger teenagers. I, th- I was like, the whole family is sitting there. I'm going to boot out this entire family who's who's just trying to enjoy a movie. I've seen it. I didn't care that much. Some people would be like, no, fuck it. That's my seat. Get up out of it. But it's not a sporting event. It's a movie. And I don't go to movies that often. And I'm still... Uh, I'm a big advocate of back in the day. First come, first serve. They, they beat us to it. I don't care if we bought the tickets online or not. And so, and so of course, the couple next to me was even cooler. They're like, yeah, you know, I guess people would have just sat in their assigned seats from the get-go. And I was like, I didn't know it was going to be this packed. I didn't, you know. Half the time you get an assigned seat and you're like, mm, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. And you actually walk into the theater and it's not that busy and you're like, we're going to sit in the best seat possible. They just happened to get there early and pulled that stunt. And then they were waiting for somebody to kick them out and I didn't do it. And then, a minute before the movies, like the, the previews are going right now at this point. A group of two walk up from the other side, come down our row from the opposite end, point right at the family who's sitting there. And they said, hey, we have these two seats. And so now I can see it's a family of four that stands up. And it was so late in the game that they had to walk all the way down to row two to find open seats. 
And even then, they got booted a second time and had to move to the front row. So that's Karma. And now two seats had opened up in the middle where Sophia and I were supposed to sit. But now the movie's basically starting. And I'm like, I don't want to be that, that, that guy that gets up in the middle of the start of the movie just to move from the row that we're already in and just move like five seats down. doesn't matter to me that much. Everyone's cool with us sitting here. Of course, ten minutes later, a couple turns the corner. Super late to the movie because now we're talking like it's like 7.30. This movie is supposed to start at 6.55. I don't know how you're that late to a movie and still commit to going to see it. Right? You're like, hey, let's cut our losses. Let's just not go to a movie or find a different one. But they were determined. I had to wet the old whistle. And they start walking up. It's dark as shit now, so they can't even see what row, the seat. And I think they were supposed to be sitting where we were sitting. But it was so dark, they found two seats at the very top in the corner, actually tucked away behind where the stairs are at. at the very like, Almost like the, the end of the stairs are in your way. And they sat there. But I was like, oh, fucking course. We're 20 minutes into this movie. And now someone's going to boot us from our seats. And I got this like big wave of anxiety. And I, it was so frustrating. And then, of course, they, they sat down and they enjoyed the movie. It was, it was great. All that to say, if you have an assigned seat at the movie, just fucking sit in it from the get-go. And if it doesn't fill up, by the time the movie starts, then go balls to the wall, get up and go claim your seat. But don't be a fucking asshole who decides to sit in your non-assigned seat 15 minutes before the movie starts and you force somebody, especially when it's in the middle of the theater, like literally two-thirds of the row, two-thirds of the way up, right? That's exactly where everybody wants to sit in the theater for the best. You know that early in the game that that seat's going to be claimed. Why would you even sit there? Why would you sit there and think that somebody's not going to kick you out? You're forcing somebody to come be a, a jerk and make you move. Why don't you just be the bigger person from the get-go and sit where you bought the tickets? Better yet, why can we not just get rid of these assigned seats? First come, first serve. Right? Remember when you show up to the movie and they're like, hey, the only thing we got left is two, t- we got two tickets, but they're in the very front row. You want those? those the only- or you get into the movie and there's no spots open that are together, like no two seats open together, so you have to split up. Man, life choices, right? Times were difficult back then. The fact that you, and the movie would start on time. Maybe five, you would maybe get five or ten minutes after the movie was supposed to start because of because of the uh, advertisements. But nowadays, I mean, it's ridiculous how many movies they got. Uh, they got to show previews. Oh, I didn't even know the women were playing in the Concacaf uh, West, or no, women's championship final. What's it's C A or sorry C O N C A. C-A-F. Somebody, tell me what that stands for. They couldn't come up with a better acronym. But the American the American women, of course, beat the Canadian women. It was soccer. We're good at soccer. Oh, look at that. On this day, Reggie Jackson hit a 530-foot home run. You learn something new every day, huh? That said, uh, the All-Star, not the All-Star game, the Home Run Derby was going on earlier um, this evening. 
And my pick to win was Julio Rodriguez. Of course, you know, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking because I'm not, not getting it out till now on who I picked. But uh, he made it to the finals and uh, got beat by Juan Soto. But pretty close on that prediction because he actually, throughout the entire event, he had more home runs than Juan Soto. But, you know, it always comes down to the, the last match. Work smarter, not harder. And on the Top Gun note, I have... I'm going to unveil the Hilltop Card Shop, the new logo, by the end of the month. I'm working with a, uh, I think I said before, I'm working with a, f- a friend from back home. And the goal is to have the logo ready by the end of July to try to put on t-shirts and posters. And uh, I got to do a placemat. A lot of people have placemats for cards. Um, and they also have... Well, I need to do business cards. When I make sales, I'll put like a little business card with the link to all my social media. Because so much of this, the sports card game is now online and through social media and networking with others. And uh, there's not as many card shops anymore. Even though I, I still somewhat have a dream of owning a card shop. It's one of those where I can... Basically, I have my... Living out a little bit of a dream just by having the the card shop online. But I want a store. But is it going to be worth it, you know? Because by the time I can open up a store, so much of it's trending online. Business would probably be better online. But it could, I don't know. So we're kind of weighing the pros and cons. But anyway, the uh, the logo, I will give you guys a, a sneak peek into this. I had an epiphany. I, I posted some logos to Instagram maybe a couple weeks back. Had people vote. Got good responses, good feedback, and those are ones that I created just through a free app in about two or three hours. So now that it's going to be professionally done, I think we're going to step up the game. And uh, we had our first round of mocks that came through, make some tweaks, and then it hit me watching Top Gun, what I want to do with the logo. And it's going to be themed around Top Gun, but with my own little twist on it for my business. And I think people are really going to like it. I sent it to... My brother, for confirmation, said, what do you think about this? And he said, I love it. I was like, you know when you like you feel like you're on the just the fringe of a really good idea and it just hasn't come to you yet? You're like, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on track for a little bit of magic here. That's how I felt for like the last three weeks. I'm like, we're close. I don't know what the right design is, but I know I'm close. I know this is what I want. And then... We sat down for the movie at Top Gun. I saw the logo pop up, and I said, fuck it, that's it right there. And I kind of just gave too much of a sneak peek. But it, like, the words came out at me, and I was like, that's that's going to be the one. I'm going to tweak, use that as a template, and we're going to tweak that. And that's what I'm going to have going forward. So I'm excited. Because I also, s- I sent the picture to, uh, like the template to Sophia, and she was like, yes, absolutely. That's that's the best one that has been designed and come up with. So it makes me feel good. We're on the, uh, we're on the right track. And now I'm just I'm getting a little bit anxious uh, to see the final product and then to, to do some things with the final product because I've been waiting on a good logo and baseline. Every company starts with a good lo- logo, right, for their marketing. And so that's the uh, that'll be the first step. From business cards to posters to uh, online with eBay, like the logos. 
and like the profile pictures, it just sets the tone, and I want it, I want it meshed. And if we end up having the opportunity to open up the the batting cages up here, I would like to open up my card shop within the batting cage business, and that way, you know, when kids buy a certain amount of batting cage sessions, um, they'll get you know packs of baseball cards, football, basketball, whatever they want for free as a bonus, and that way I can, um, I want to make the hobby fun and right now it's it's it is trending towards it being an expensive hobby if you if you're serious about collecting the cost of cards has just exploded ever since covid does it stay that way i hope because it's good for a lot of people's business and collections but is it difficult for a teenager or even like a young uh, baseball player to go out and buy cards that are like valuable yeah if they just want to collect um, I don't think it would be too bad, but you could get a you could get a pack of cards for a dollar back in the day, and now you're you're probably paying two to three for a pack. But it's fun to open, right? So if I can do that, so other kids can get into the hobby at a basically for free, you know, they can pull cards of their favorite players. That would be that would be the ideal situation. Kind of mesh the business with. Uh, making sure it's fun and so other people can get in get into it because that's how i got into it just opening packs from the store as a kid and then you start to build this collection and you organize them into your binders and it's just like it, it just becomes a, a fun hobby but anyway i'll get off the baseball subject and the and, and the cards i will say that uh, i just read an american tourist fell into mount vesuvius i hope i pronounced that right not Mount Voluptuous, Ves Vesuvius. And you're going to say, how did you fall? They fell into it, meaning it's a it's volcanic. How did they fall into a vol volcano? Well, I'll answer that. They were taking a selfie. Like an Instagram hoe. Okay? Hoeing out for the Instagram, taking a selfie. They dropped their phone. And they immediately reached to grab it. And oops-a-daisy. In you go. That's... That is like... Um, dying from... Falling into a volcano is one of those fears that I think a lot of people have. That they're like, I never... I don't even have to worry about that. That's not going to affect me. But as a kid, right? You see volcanoes and quicksand and cliffs these are all things that were like oh fuck that's how i'm gonna die could you imagine falling into a volcano yeah well no shit that happened to somebody because they had to take a selfie at the top of it being there and just standing and looking down wasn't good enough for them taking that mental snapshot wasn't gonna cut it they had to pull out their phone and take a picture to show all their friends online immediately right there, there are plenty of other pictures online of that, of, of Mount Vesuvius that already exist. You taking a selfie, people are going to believe you that you're there, right? Because nobody's even heard of that place. The fact that you're going to say, oh, I climbed to the top of Mount Vesuvius, people are going to be like, oh, that's cool. The fact that you just died taking a selfie, I mean, I bet the, the photo was going to be lit, right? The post was going to be fire. 
but now you're toast. Literally. Think of, like, you're standing there with your friend, like, dude, how fucking cool is this? We just climbed to the top of a volcano. We're looking down it. Wow, talk about a life feat. Feel like we're on top of the world. Nothing can stop us except a selfie. I mean, talk uh, butterfingers, right? First off, how do you drop the phone? Probably, he was probably trying to take it with one hand, threw up like some some white guy gang sign, the deuces. Well, what's up? I'm a douchebag type photo. And you know, guy just punched him. Slipped on a banana, a banana peel. I don't know. I just I saw that. I'm like, how fucking stupid are people that you? There are way too many things that you should die from before you ever die falling into a volcano. Car crash. Uh, you jaywalk, right? Maybe you drink too much alcohol. Nothing ever good happens then. Plenty of things. You go skydiving. I would think of that one. Chute doesn't open. He said, no, no, no. I'll prove everybody wrong. Maybe he did it on purpose. I don't know. Maybe he he had a selfie. He should have had a selfie stick. Then your phone doesn't drop. Now, that's a great advertisement. Selfie sticks should pick up that and run with it. Had this man just had a selfie stick, he never would have dropped his phone. Never would have dropped it. He could have gotten the perfect selfie. But he was he was a cheap ass. What can you do? Oh, man, there's still so much I got to get to. I will save. We're going to talk about there's a first the first ever female Blue Angel pilot. She just got announced. We'll save that for Thursday, okay? So I'm going to start jotting down notes. Thursday is going to be episode 18. Um, what do I want? What do I have time for? We're at 54 minutes. <laughs> That's so funny. Donald Trump. Okay. Oh, I don't know if I said this on the last one, but Beijing, they uh, they just released their COVID mandate as of July 6, so about two weeks ago. So this entire time, China, the country who, arguably, put COVID upon this world, and isn't that crazy though? They were the, in my opinion, the makers. Or COVID started with them, and yet no, none of the other countries were like, you know what? Let's all gang up on China and go to war against them for putting this on us, letting it spread. No, nope. it's like, oh God, China, why? <laughs> but the country who first had COVID released didn't mandate any type of vaccine. Until the 6th of July, 2022. Almost two and a half years after, well, from when it first released in COVID, it's definitely two and a half years. Almost two and a quarter. Isn't that crazy? Now, part of the reason they said, and that was Beijing. Beijing specifically didn't do that. Um, They say that part of the reason they didn't push a mandate is because most people just voluntarily got vaccinated. But I also think it's because they were trying to kill off their old population. Right? They let they literally let COVID run its course through two or three different variations. And then once they killed off all the old and the weak, so they can be the strongest nation ever. They said, now go get the vaccine. 
telling you, that government's up to something. They're letting Mother Nature, you know, with a, with a dash of communism sprinkled in, l- they let it run its course, get rid of all the old-timers, the ones with the underlying health problems. Didn't affect their children, right? They were like, we'll lose one or two here and there. Not a big deal. China doesn't give a fuck. Think they care about one or two children? They were overpopulated an- anyway. And now it's it's actually starting to level out. India is going to overtake China as the most populated country. I, I yeah, I talked about that last week because we talked about the Bindi and the the Kum Kum. The Kum Kum, not on their bum bum. But I just I thought it was crazy, to read that Beijing, of all places in the world, was one of the last to actually mandate that you have a COVID vaccine, and they did it in July of 2022. And we're pushing one hour, okay. So I'll finish with this. Two things. Keegan Murray, as predicted, won the MVP of the Summer League for the NBA. I said he was going to be a steal at number four. I said he's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to dominate these other players, and he fucking did it. He had more 20-point games. And if you don't know Keegan Murray, because you don't listen to one of the other episodes, he is um, he was a sophomore at the University of Iowa. Obviously, I'm a big Iowa fan, so I've been watching him for a long time, two years. And... He blew up his sophomore year. One of the best players in college. Somehow didn't win college player of the year because they couldn't give it to Iowa two years in a row. They can't give it to some Midwest bumfuck team. Couldn't do that. They got to spread the love. So they gave it to some, to me, it was a no-namer out of Kentucky. I don't even know when he was drafted. And I said he was going to be, people are dogging him, saying, oh, yeah, he should have gone number four. Why didn't they take Jaden Ivey, who went number five? All this bullshit, right? And I said that he would dominate the league. And he did. So maybe one of these NBA teams ought to hire me as their GM. I said Ivy was turnover prone. He had a lot of turnovers in the summer league. I said Murray is efficient. Um, he had more 20-point games than the top three picks. So Boncaro, Chet Holmgren, and... Um, Jabari Smith. I think it's Jabari. I know it's something Smith out of Auburn. More 20-point games than all three of those guys combined. He had six. They had five combined. Basically, every game he played, he had 20 points or more. Uh, Wins the MVP, and now he's on the radar, which sucks for me because as a sports card collector, I was going to collect a bunch of his cards. Uh, But him having such a strong summer league uh, debut before the NBA season, it's just going to skyrocket the price of his cards, and now i got to compete with others. I was hoping that he would just fly under the radar a little bit. As much as I wanted him to do well, as a collector, I was like, please fly under the radar in the Summer League. I'll collect a bunch of your cards, and then you're going to explode your rookie season, and the price of the cards will double and triple, and I'll just I'll just make money off your, off your uh, efficiency in the league. So suck so I can make money off of you, and then be really good. That's what you want, right? But super happy for him. He's an Iowa kid, uh, very humble. Didn't dress like a buffoon at the on draft night. Spent it with his family. He didn't have any of the, the silly bling bling. Um, oh, dude, your drip, your fucking, your shoes are shiny and pointy, and oh, the drip right here. Such a stupid fucking thing that, that they're about to go make mi- millions and millions of dollars in the NBA. They haven't proven shit yet in the league. They have no championships. 
right? They're probably getting drafted to a, a terrible team because they're going so high in the draft. And the thing that gets talked about the most on draft night is, quote, their drip. Ridiculous. Dress like a professional, show up and play like a professional, and when you've won something and they're talking about your championship rings all the time, then maybe we can talk about your drip. Until then, show me something. Just my thought. Because they just had the uh, MLB first-round draft, and it was actually fun to watch. The first round was fun. If Even if you're not a baseball fan, they, they mirrored it a little bit more like the NFL and MLB. They now have it right before the Home Run Derby and the All-Star. It's combined with the All-Star break, right? So the Futures game is on Saturday or Sunday. Then you have the Softball League where all the people come out, the old-timers, and they play slow-pitch softball. And then you have the first-round draft. So it was in L.A. this year. And then on Monday, you got the Home Run Derby. And then on Tuesday, you got the All-Star Game. So they make a big event out of it. They pepper the, the first-round draft right in there. And, well, second round is the same uh, same evening as the first round. So they bring bring out the families and some of the players that are going to get drafted. Um, it just it looked like it was much more than it used to be. Ma- Major League Baseball draft would just fly under the radar every year unless you're a baseball fan. And now it was, uh, I would like to think it was televised. At least it reached more people. It was on ESPN. And so it's good for the good for baseball because so much of the NFL draft and the NBA draft, right, that's a big deal for people and sports fans. And then the MLB draft has been flying under the radar and this year. They finally, maybe they did it last year too and I just missed it. They're making a thing of it. It was fun to tune into. Another plug for baseball fans. Again, that's how you use plug, not not mucus. And I will finish with this. Uh, Avery's mother and her, uh, quote, bestie, have come up with a, a side hustle. Um, they have a notary business. It's called Hun Notaries. H-A-N-O-T... Oh, I spelled it wrong. O-T-A-R... I-E-S. I believe that's what it is. I said I would give them a shout-out. She didn't ask for it. I just... <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, both of them work as legal assistants, and so they're, they're notaries just for their, their business and their companies that they work for. And they figured they might as well start expanding on that and the services they can offer. And uh, they can do virtual notaries. They can do in-person notaries. Now... I had a proposition to get notarized uh, full possession of Avery, and that was denied. She decided she wasn't going to notarize that. I don't know why. So maybe they're gender exclusive. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't bash them right off the bat. No, but, you know, if, if my podcast this rate is funding our daughter's uh, college funds, I think she felt like she better catch up and start her own business because – Clearly, the podcast has taken off at, at ten cents on episode seventeen with this with this new advertisement. It's uh, it's gonna blow up. It's gonna go through the roof. And she just felt like she was being left out. She better start contributing to Avery's college fund herself, and decided, well, I can just notarize papers. But then the first first client she was gonna have, she said no to. Crazy, crazy times that we're in. People turn down business, and I offered her. A proposition. I said, I will advertise for you outside of this podcast. I will do one week free trial. 
You can advertise with me. After that, $1 a week to advertise. The caveat is that I get to write the script. 30-second script, I get to write it for her company. Um, she doesn't get to proofread it. She doesn't get to see it until I release it on the podcast. $1, though. Free advertising. That's basically free advertising. And they turned it down. So not only will she sign the proposition for full possession of Avery. I don't know why. I think she's biased. I thought it was a good deal. But now she starts a notary company and doesn't want to notarize things. Crazy. And then she wants to turn down free marketing. So I, I think she needs a business manager to handle what's, uh you know, the, this development of her new co- company. But uh, if anybody is looking for a notary, they can do it virtually. Uh, again, I would fi- probably go find a different one. Probably a conflict of interest there. But uh, it's H-A-N-O-T-A-R-I-E-S. Hanotaries or Hanotary. Let me get this right. Let me uh, let me not fudge this one up here. I had to say, oh, I, I wrote into your podcast to so support me and my new business. Like, yeah, I got it right. H and A Notary Services. They do mobile and online. They're based out of Austin, Texas. They hablamos español, so that means they sign or they speak spanish it's like broken spanish it's not that good uh they do loan signing will signing because they want you to die so they can take everything from you affidavits and more email dm or call to book and then there's an arrow pointing down but there's nothing underneath there so here i am trying to trying to promote business for her so we can send our daughter to college one day Assuming she doesn't get a scholarship, I believe in, I believe she will get a scholarship. She is that smart, okay? And I'm making that prediction, just like I did with Keegan Murray, I'm making that prediction as she's going into first grade. An academic scholarship, no chance athletically, no chance. Uh, but she, you know, she'll play hard. She'll be a good role player. I don't, how do you reach out to them? I want people to bug them now. There it is. Hanotaries at gmail.com. And it stands for hope and... Uh, Asshole, notary services. That's not true. And that's so mean. Oh, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to hear that. the end of that one. You, yeah, email them at hanotaries at gmail.com or you can call 512-927-7708 and schedule. Acknowledge statements and more, affidavit. Oh, and they do oath, contracts, witnessing so many services here at this company their logo's trash though my logo will definitely be better uh but you can you can reach out to them on instagram i'm sure they have a facebook as well because they bugged me trying to get me to to follow them everywhere you gotta you know i'm not gonna follow you though when you when you tell me you're not gonna notarize my shit so but uh in all seriousness whenever somebody starts a a small business or they're trying to expand um, and provide a service. Getting started is is the toughest part, and anyone who has started a small business knows that, or turned a hobby into a business, whatever the, the case may be, right? And there's a lot of pushback and negativity around it at first, and so um, I will be as positive as possible, right? 
trying to encourage people to go out on a limb, start a business, uh, do what you've been wanting to do, right? Start the read the book that you've been wanting to read. All that stuff, like life is short, so dive into it, and uh, be, but be good at what you do, right? As long as it's good and fun for you, don't listen to what the critics say, like myself bashing a, a notary service. It's too easy, though. It's too easy to bash. But, uh, you know, I'm happy for uh, and their business. Hopefully it takes off running, and then uh, we can we can cut my child support services, uh, my funding in half, so I can... <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna be in the I'm gonna be in the fucking doghouse, you guys. I'm gonna be in the doghouse. But you know, this all could have gone smoother had I just had a 30 second script ready to go. But they don't want to advertise with me, so then they're gonna get shit on, and they're gonna get shit on and shit on and shit on until they say, you know what? We'll advertise with you, one dollar a week. That's fifty two dollars a year to be on this podcast. That's a great that's a great marketing and advertising strategy right there. Just saying, 52 bucks. Wow. Who would say no to that? And if you want to advertise with me, write into the podcast. It's the What the Hill Podcast at gmail.com. I'm not going to put my, my cell phone number out there for people because you guys are lunatics. And I don't know who all listens to this. Um, but if you got advice you want to write in about or you got life problems, everything's going to be anonymous. You want to advertise, that's fine too. Uh, I actually won't shit on people if they want to advertise with me unless uh, it's Avery's mom. Then by obligation through our court orders, I have to shit on her. But uh, what the hill podcast at gmail.com right in. We're at an hour and nine minutes. So I'm going to cut it off from right here and we'll see you guys on Thursday.